I'm Robert Conti, Chief of the Metropolitan Police Department. I have an urgent message. Unfortunately, traffic fatalities have increased in D.C., and I need your help to reverse this troubling trend. Did you know that using a seatbelt can drastically reduce the risk of death or serious injury to you or a loved one? Seatbelts save lives, and together we can accomplish a safer community. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Always wear your seatbelt. Click it or tick it. Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Rada McBerto. Will is your host. Today we have a special guest. As usual, Christopher Reeves, community organizer at Daily Coast and DNC committee man from Kansas. Look, um, when I hear the word Kansas, I always think about that book. You guys know what I'm talking about. And you know what? We're going to kind of discuss some of that as well. Welcome to Politics on Right. Christopher Reeves, how are you doing today? I am doing great, Egberto. Glad to be here. Well, look, it's a pleasure having you. I think we've spoke a while back at uh, Netroots a few years ago. We haven't had one in a long time. I don't know if we're going to have one this year or not. Do you know what's the rumor mill about this year's Netroots? Well, I know everybody's trying to see what's possible. And there's one thing that is fantastic, and that is the, the way the Biden administration is rolling out the vaccine. So fingers crossed it may actually be possible. Do you know if, if, it, if it turns out to be possible, where would it be? I don't know that. I have absolutely <laughs> no idea of that. And I don't know if they would know right now yet. But um, I, I think right now it's probably more likely it's virtual. But I, I think that there's ground room for that to change. So we'll yeah. see. We need, I, I can't wait for us to get back together and get into all those rooms and those symposiums and those great panels that we have. Really miss that. But you wrote a piece, and uh, when you wrote that piece, I kind of contacted you right away because it was it is right on point. We just got uh, the uh, American Rescue Plan passed, which is a, you know, it's more than a rescue plan. It's a paradigm shift if we make a lot of its tenants permanent. And uh, the reason I'm bringing that up is you wrote a piece at Daily Coast that titled, Kansas Republicans Spent a Decade Attacking Social Assistance. Now they are shocked at the result. And the interesting thing about this, uh, Christopher, is that this is not only a Kansas story. This is really a red state story. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the article, the genesis of the article? Let's get into it. Let's really get into that. So what had happened was, not only in Kansas, but in a lot of states, you were seeing a lot of difficulty dismissing Uh, dispersing uh, funds for unemployment, access to health care, all of these things were really in a flux that the people, that the general populace didn't have a way to participate. And Republicans kept wringing their hands and going, oh, see, this is the federal government failure. This is, you know, already Biden has failed. And I thought, most of this went on last year when Trump was in office. That's point number one. And point number two, what this really is, is it's the culmination of the last six years of stripping all of the money out of these programs in these red states. So states like Kansas, Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, all of these states, Missouri, uh, have just gutted their internal um, process to handle everything from foster care to unemployment and then when they were faced with a pandemic they were not in any way prepared 
to uh, make that happen. So even if they had some Democratic leadership, we're very fortunate here in Kansas to have a Democratic governor, the system was so gained against the working class that it was really hard to suddenly get the help out there. You know, it was a few years ago in Kansas, they passed all this legislation that went around the country because Alec was behind it that said, uh, if you're on a, unemployment, you can't spend any unemployment money on stakes. And there was a debate as to whether or not minute stakes qualified or, or cube stakes or, you know, what qualified that they weren't allowed to use their, their WIC and, and, and all these public assets, assets money uh, on. Um, which was ridiculous. You know, you can't go and use your TANF funds on a uh, luxury cruise, which nobody was doing, but let's pass legislation. And they also moved to change, to limit how long you could receive it. And in the states that did that, they limited it all the way down to 10 to 13 weeks. Well, in a pandemic that lasts an entire year, that was not feasible. That was not something that could change. And so you ended up with Republican legislatures who weren't willing to budge, who were complaining about all the people in their districts that were struggling, but they were struggling because of legislation that those Republican legislators had shoved down the state's throats for the last five years, while all the rest of us were going, hey, this is a bad idea. In the long term, this is a bad idea. They didn't want to hear it now. Now they're experiencing what it is. And rather than own up to the fact that, well, we set this ball in motion, they're wanting to point the fingers at everyone else because it's easier to point the fingers than to say, well, we should have done something about this when, when we had the opportunity, we just didn't want to. Now you have a special governor, or you had a special governor before we got this Democratic governor. His name was Brown Back, and he faced a very tough competitor, a Democratic competitor before this this last one. And we all thought the Democratic competitor was going to win because, as it turns out, uh, your governor then Brown Back decimated the school system. The teachers were against him. Many Republicans came out against him because. If you want the prototypical supply side type governor, if you want the prototypical governor who believes in uh, starving the government, he was the one. And when a comparison was made with uh, just gutting the government by reducing taxes compared to a state like California who raised taxes to get their budget under control, we saw a huge contrast. N number one, how could he have survived? And number two, much of his privatization, as you mentioned in your article as well, went to grifting. So talk a little bit about that, that the Republicans in general, when they're talking about privatization, it's nothing more than. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package, but that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated, and right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. 
Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Grifton. So um, Kansas in 2014, uh, Brownback faced a really tough challenge by Paul Davis. And Paul Davis was a really good candidate. Kansas is normally a state that tilts Republican by default. So I know our current governor, Governor Kelly, is going to have a very tough race in 2022. Um, uh, but that having been said, um, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of things that go into that. One of the things that enabled people like Brownback is they never came out and talked about here is the end result. They never once said, here's what's going to happen down the road. They only talked about, here's the immediate result. And so Brownback would say, hey, immediately, you're going to get 50 bucks back in your Kansas tax return, which is nothing. Right. People said, well, that must be slimming down the government. Christopher, as a member of the DNC, it turns out that I'm... They're, the concern right now is that given what we've done in 2020, the Republican legislatures are a majority. How does that, how do you expect that to pan out with respect to how House districts are drawn and whether Democrats can retain control of the House? So one of the issues that has happened is um, Republicans engage at the state House level in a lot of voter suppression. We always think about voter suppression as preventing people from going to the polls. But another level of voter suppression is drawing districts to either reduce um, effort, uh, reduce uh, turnout, and dilute the vote. So I want to kind of explain that. The first is um, to reduce effort and reduce turnout. If you draw maps, to where a district is guaranteed, 100% guaranteed Democratic, because you've drawn it such that it's uh, an all black district or what, there's just never a challenge. Um, and there are some districts in the country where there's no choice, but in a lot of places they'll do that to pack all the, the Democrats in. What happens is, is turnout drops because people feel confident that they will have their state legislators and their U.S. House of Representatives. So turnout in that district comes down. Even though Republican turnout in that district is exactly what it should be, Democrats aren't turning out at the level because they know that they'll win. What does that mean? It means in statewide races, you get killed. The other thing that Republicans look to do is to dilute votes. If they can't pack it in tightly, then they'll move communities into a large array of other communities in order to make sure the Democrats are spread out thin enough that they can still win. And what this does is, of course, allows them to unbalance state houses as well as the U.S. House of Representatives um, by drawing district lines for both. The, the final thing that Republicans really do here that I don't think we talk enough about 
is that they put a lot of focus on winning the races at the state and county level. So once they have those in their hands, it's a lot easier to make just the raw machinery of how the election is going to work uh, more convenient or less convenient for the people involved. So as one of the big examples that happened a few years ago was in Dodge City, Kansas, which is a primor primarily Hispanic community, the polling center was moved outside of town uh, in a casino where a lot of people would have to drive and the hours went in such that a lot of the people who worked in the meat processing plant would have difficulty getting there. Um, that's a great way to make it difficult for some people to vote. Before that, they had put it uh, right next to a country club in the white area of town, which made many feel uncomfortable to go there because they were afraid people would call the cops on them. In places like St. Louis and Atlanta and Miami, um, there have been stories about polling places being put, early polling places being put in, in things like police stations or or you know, I, so that that people would feel uncomfortable you know am i going to get asked questions that i don't you know you know i have people always think that it's going to be someone with a major crime but a lot of times it's someone who says oh my god i've got parking tickets you know mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm afraid to walk in there because they could you know they could throw something else on me um and those are all voter suppression tactics that come by gaining control of the state legislature and then the county level officers. So uh, at the national level, I know we're really concerned about what do we do about these state legislatures? What do we do about more county officers? I think there's been a renewed focus on what do we actually start doing about district attorneys and state attorney generals uh, because we're, we're thinking more about the fact that these are races that we haven't really pursued as hard as we should. But we're learning as we see in New York, in Minnesota, that having a good attorney general can make a huge difference in the way people perceive the worthiness of the government that represents them. So. Now, again, I get all of that. Now, do you think that there is enough malfeasance that could occur to make it almost impossible for the Democrats to retain control? Um, unfortunately, yes. Um, I think if HR1 does not pass, uh, Republicans are prepared to gerrymander enough districts um, that they can dilute out some votes and they can make it very, very difficult to impossible for us to hold the US House. Um, that would be uh, a real disservice to the American public, but it's one of the problems that we have right now is that um, we have too many Republican legislatures. And it's one of the real reasons why we need HR1. HR1 is not in any way about ending up with a Democratic House or a Democratic whatever. HR1 is about saying, Let's get people in both parties, Republicans and Democrats, in a bipartisan. Everybody should definitely come to Baltimore. We have a way of speaking to each other through food. It's really renewed for me, my love of what I do. It's going to take something far stronger than a pandemic to defeat us. 
all of these businesses are taking precautions to make sure that everyone is safe, we're ready. See what we've got going on. Plan your visit at Baltimore.org. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Artisan group who are not elected officials, because remember this, elected officials will want to draw lines however they want to, to make sure they stay in office. That's right. going to be one of their goals, whether they're Republicans or Democrats. But gets an independent group to look at the map and draw it uh, just based on math, on, on, you know, to make these maps fair. There are a lot of groups all over the country who submit maps. Let's do that. And then we'll take the results and however it works out, we're prepared to campaign on those. But I think if you look at it like a Republican legislature is prepared to draw maps for the sole reason of uh, making sure that they get the most Republican seats or Democratic maps are drawn to do the same, well, neither of those are a good method to represent democracy. Now, I'm going to circle back now to the American Rescue Plan. Don't you think whether don't you think we need to be selling the American Rescue Plan as not necessarily a democratic plan, but an American plan in such a manner that we're not asking Republicans this this cycle in 2022 not to be Republicans, we're asking them to vote their interests. And how do we get there? Because I am of the belief that we can get Republicans not necessarily to become Democrats, but to realize that, well, if we go ahead and elect this Republican House, the benefits that came with the child care and all these other issues are likely to go away. The benefits that go to the average person, which the average person more so is Republican when you talk about income levels, etc. Do you think that for once, we can have an election where people will uh, vote their interests and we'll have Democrats in such a manner campaigning for the jugular as opposed to trying to triangulate not to offend some. I, I think that's the most important part. Don't triangulate not to offend. We spend too much time not blowing our own horn about our successes. And I think one of the things is, is we need to point out this is not a democratic plan. This is an American plan. You know, this is the American rescue plan. Right. This isn't about bailing out banks. This isn't about bailing out big companies. This is about making sure you have a job, making sure you have childcare, making sure shots go in people's arms, making sure that schools have the proper ventilation systems and everything they need to reopen and be safer to make sure your city government and your state government can still run and still hire employees. These are big things that almost everybody is agreed on. In fact, in polling, we're seeing polling results that tells us 80% of United States citizens, that's Republicans, Democrats, and independents are in favor of this. So there is large 
bipartisan support of this nationwide, whereas all the Republicans in Washington, D.C. can be no votes, their people at home who are waiting on a check to come to them because last year was destructive to them and it was destructive because of Trump. You know, I see too many people who say, well, we should give Trump credit for this, Trump credit for this. No. There are 560,000 people dead. Dead, yes. That's the credit he deserves. Families that were torn apart. So the one thing that I think Democrats need to do is start saying, you know, we are the party of justice. We are the party that understands that giving you that check was the least the government could do. I mean, the bare minimum we could do and making sure that we help you get a vaccine. Damn it. That's what the government is for. You know, we've done this before with polio. We, we, you rise to big occasions. And whenever I hear Republicans go, well, we want to do this and that. No, 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 no. This is where we as Democrats have to go out and start saying we are for the American people. And fine. If, when you vote for Republicans, what Republicans are wanting to tell you is all of this is too bad. The taxes, all these breaks should go to companies. In fact, we've had two Republican, one Republican governor and two senators say that, you know, states should return this money so, because they can't give tax breaks with it. Well, BS, the average person doesn't need a tax break. They need a school bus to show up at their door where they know the bus driver has been vaccinated and is going to be safe. You know, that's what they want. They don't need to know that Walmart got a tax break on buying a lot of property. That doesn't matter to them. They don't need to feel like their grocery store got a big tax break when their grocery store really wants people to come in back to the store and shop freely. So that's how you get the economy going. The economy getting going isn't by tax breaks. To get the economy going, you have to get people feeling comfortable about getting back out there and doing things. Exactly. Exactly. Now, uh, last question. I always ask this as my last question. What would you have liked me to ask you that I didn't? I think the one question that nobody's talking about enough is what do Democrats do next and what, it, what constitutes success? Everyone looks at the first 100 days of a presidency as what can you get done? We've just crossed 50 days and Biden has got more done in those 50 days than Trump in four years. Right. But what I think happens next is we start talking about some of the things that Trump kept bringing up but never got around to. I think that there is a democratic infrastructure plan coming. I know that there's opportunities for us to talk about real innovation and real commitment for what America of the future is going to look like. And I think we have to start getting rid of the idea of making America great again and start saying, how great America is going to be and how we can make America great in the future. We're working towards that dream. That has to be what we're looking for, not looking back, looking forward. And I think that's the message that I hope we start selling. 
Christopher Reeds, community organizer for Daily Coast and DNC committee person from Kansas. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. Absolutely. Thank you, Egberto. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. When you rely on the internet for everything, you need speed that can handle anything. Xfinity delivers Wi-Fi speed faster than a gig. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Gig Wi-Fi requires gig speed and compatible X-Fi gateway. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.